He wasn't in the habit of giving up his privacy for the amusement of impudent footmen. She gave a rueful laugh. That does sound like something he would say. Terence looked perplexed. You know him, then? I didn't think he'd ever been here, not even after he married Miss Linley. I know him socially through Lord Norcourt. That was both an overstatement and a vast understatement of her association with David Masters, the Viscount Kirkwood. She was fortunate he was even civil to her on the few occasions they met in society, considering the great wrong she had committed against him and his family years ago. She would not fault him for giving her the cut direct. Indeed, she had been afraid of his doing exactly that when she had attended poor Sarah's funeral months ago. But despite knowing how uncomfortable her presence would make him, Charlotte had felt compelled to make an appearance. She and David had exchanged the barest of greetings, though he had been surprisingly cordial for a man who must despise her. Why, just remembering the summer of the great debacle made her cringe. So what on earth had brought him here? She could not imagine a more awkward situation. In all these years, she and David had never been alone together, never spoken of what she had done to him. Should I send him packing? Terence asked. For a second she was tempted, but something important indeed must have brought him to visit the woman who'd once wronged him so horribly. No, just show him in. After Terence left, she checked her appearance in the mirror to make sure her auburn curls were not too badly askew and her face not too pale. Perhaps it was foolish, but she wanted to look her best before him, of all people. She scarcely had time to smooth her skirts and pinch her cheeks, before he was ushered into her office, bringing her face to face with the man she had nearly married so long ago. Pasting a smile on her lips, she walked forward with her hand extended. Lord Kirkwood, how nice to see you again. His eyes flashed with some hidden emotion. Charlotte. He took her hand and pressed it briefly before releasing it. Charlotte. Not Mrs. Harris, but Charlotte spoken in the husky tone that had made her heart flip over when she was eighteen and he nearly twenty. No, she must not think of that. Those days were gone forever, lost in the pages of their past. Time and her own mistakes, as well as his, had changed them both irrevocably. Nothing proved that more than the dusting of grey at his temples, the lines of care worn into his brow. At thirty-seven, David was still uncommonly handsome, with the aggressively masculine features of a man who had always commanded attention, from the sharp blade of his nose to the cleft in his chin. His colouring reminded her of the forest, his eyes a leafy green and his thick, wavy hair, the dark brown of walnuts and bark and rich, tilled earth. And his body... She turned sharply and hurried behind her desk, afraid she might blush. At eighteen she had noticed his body in the vague way of a virgin, unfamiliar with sensual delights. But now, as a widow of some years, she noticed it with an awareness bordering on pain. Since Sarah had been dead for six months now, he wore half-mourning, with some white blended in with his black. Ebony trousers encased the lean hips and muscular thighs of a man who kept himself fit, while his finely tailored morning coat of jet-black Saxony showed off his broad shoulders and she could well imagine those large gloved hands, one of which gripped the handle of a leather satchel, playing over a woman's body with the surety of experience. 
Heavens, she had to stop this. Terence was eyeing her from the door with rank curiosity, obviously hanging about to make sure David did not harm her. She frowned at him. Thank you, Terence. You may go. With a grunt, the man left. Rather a rough sort for a footman, David said dryly. He used to be a pugilist. Why on earth would you hire a boxer as a lady's footman? Bristling at the criticism, she said, Because his skills are more useful to a woman going about town alone than any niceties of behaviour. She forced a smile. But I'm sure you didn't come here to discuss my servants, Lord Kirkwood. Gesturing to the chair before the desk, she took her own seat, needing something massive between them to keep her mind from wandering to her unwelcome attraction to a man who surely loathed her. Yet he did not look as if he loathed her. He watched her steadily as he sat down with the easy motion of a man.